Car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. And here we go. Welcome back to another episode. Hope you had a good week. And as promised, this week we're going to start with part three in a series of five on how your car works, basically. And this week's topic, we're going to touch on the electrical system in your vehicle and how it supports you and you support it and it takes care of you to go to the grocery store, school, work, etc. With me in studio is our gadget guru, Peter Sudak. He's going to be giving his two cents worth, of course, as always. Very informative. And let's not forget, it's because of our sponsors we're able to talk to you here. Our sponsors being... AC Delco Parts. AC Delco Parts, I put them in my personal vehicles. I've placed them in my customers' vehicles for years. I really like the quality parts that they've manufactured throughout time. And, you know, if it doesn't go in my car, it doesn't go in anybody's car. And let me tell you, AC Delco Parts, I put them in everybody's car. So let's give them some support. And along with Continental Tires. Continental Tires. I have them on my vehicle, of course, and my mom's vehicle. And let me tell you, she loves her Continental Tires. And if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. And you know how that works. And mom loves her Continental Tires. And last but not least, Jasper Engines and Transmissions. 100% associate owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, trust me, it's cheaper to replace the engine or transmission than it is to replace the whole vehicle nowadays and we do that at our shop too and you know what we use we use jasper so please uh, take a moment and if you have the opportunity support our sponsors we appreciate it and speaking of support we have peter sudak our gadget guru here in studio how you doing peter good pam how about you good uh, we are on letter number three this week, and we have a letter from Bob. He resides in Georgia, and Bob writes, Dear Pam, how do I know if I need a battery or a starter? Good question, huh? Yeah, that's a good question. I could a lot of different things that can fool you whether, which item you need. So That's right. Well, let's start with the battery. Okay. So, um, you know, people don't really realize that Batteries used for accessories, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, when we're talking about accessories, we're talking about the, say, the car horn, you know, the parking lights, the radio, you know, the glove box lights, you know, dome lights. Creature comforts. Right. Yeah. And that, that all powers that up when the car's not running. Exactly. And, you know, people don't realize when they do have a battery failure, and it's because internally in the battery there are these lead plates of course in sulfuric acid which uh, creates the electrolyte which gives us the juice to turn the starter but when something goes awry in there and of course we don't want you opening never ever ever jump start a car off of another car never ever 
You always use a jump box or better yet, call your road service. And uh, when that battery goes south, you don't have the cranking amps like you would normally have to uh, initiate that starter, to turn that starter, to put that Bendix in that flywheel and start that car. But um, you'll have all your accessories, won't you, Peter? Yeah, for the most part, because they don't require a lot of power where the starter itself requires quite a bit of power to go. So your yeah. accessories can all still work, but the battery can still be di discharged or on its way out. Yeah, how many times have we talked to customers that said, oh, I have headlights, I have a horn, I got my radio, my battery's fine. And it doesn't quite work like that, does it? No, it doesn't. It's a big difference between just the accessories working and trying to turn the car over because that motor... The engine takes a lot of power to get that thing turning over. Sure does, doesn't it? And you know, between that starter and that battery are cables. And on the battery, you have a positive and negative, just like you would on any type of battery, a AA, AAA, uh, D battery, C battery, B battery. I don't even think they have B batteries anymore, do they? I don't think so. Just <laughs> Cs, Ds. Double A's, triple yeah. A's, and nine volts, I think. Well, anyway, each battery, <laughs> sorry, didn't mean to go off there, but each battery, they have a positive and a negative. And so does your car battery. And on that car battery are cables that connect the starter to the battery. And this is extremely, extremely important to have these clean. And people don't realize this, and this is something that we highly recommend that your ASC certified technician or your ASC Blue Seal shop maintains for you uh, battery acid I've gotten on me. You know, yeah. I wear gloves, but still it gets on your arms or whatever, and boy, that burns. Yeah, it does. Um, I've gotten it on my hands before, too, not knowing, and yeah, it starts itching and burning pretty good. So <laughs> Real quick, and all yeah. of a sudden you're running. That's and right. We don't want that to happen to you, but we want these cables, these terminal ends that attach themselves to the battery to remain acid-free. We don't want any of that white gunk, that green gunk, or anything. So uh, there's a solution that we can put on the top of it to uh, take care of this for you and uh, deter this acid buildup. But, you know, once you get acid buildup, it can actually go right down the cables. And we had a car recently that the acid was so bad, he was on his battery, I don't know, three, four, five. He was a new-time customer. The battery acid had actually worked itself down to the starter by wow. the battery cables. I've never seen that before. Oh, I've, it I've, was, I've seen it on the ends, but I've never seen it work all the way through to the end of the cable. No, before. that was a first for me. Wow. Yeah, it was on a, uh, a truck, and they just let it go to the point that we just kept on peeling back the insulation because we couldn't believe how far it went. And it was down to the other end because, well, we saw the residual on the starter and we we're like uh what is that from and how is this vehicle even running and it's just from plain old-fashioned battery acid well that was about four hundred dollars because you had to get the cables from the manufacturer it was a dealer item only and that's money he could have kept in his wallet had he just maintained the terminal ends that's right and think yeah. of the inconvenience yeah that's that's something that should be looked at every time you get the car Gets the car's oil change. That should be one of the things they should be checking. Oh, that's, definitely. That's that's a money saver right there, and then ended up costing a bunch of money because 
whoever is servicing the vehicle before didn't no look they at weren't it. doing anything no and no. that was just money out of his pocket just think of the inconvenience too he had this car in a shop again he had a how many batteries he purchased that's time out of your schedule time you'll never get back money you'll never get back yeah a lot of money for batteries and you know a lot of people don't think their time is valuable but when when it comes down to it you know oh, yeah. if your car's laid up and you got to use it for work or whatnot your time is very valuable so you need to have your car proper work in order so that's uh, that's a small thing but it's a big thing at the same time sure is um, you know, while we're talking about the starter, let's move on to the starter. The starter, actually, the battery is needed to start the vehicle. That's where you get your charge, your your energy, your little power plant to start the vehicle is from the battery. And you put the key in the ignition and you turn it over. And if all the electronics are working like they're supposed to, for an example, the security system and the ignition module, et cetera, et cetera, and you start that car, I mean, you know, there's two parts you have to get to the electrical portion. Right. And what we have on the starter is the solenoid, which activates the Bendix to engage the flywheel to get the car rolling. And you have a little wire that goes to the solenoid. And what happens is it pushes the Bendix out, and it's a little gear, and that starts turning the engine. And then when you release the key, it releases itself. We have had uh, one Chrysler car. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. where the starter was, it was on its way out. We were having problems with it, but eventually the Bendix and gear just got stuck basically on like you were trying to crank it eternally mm-hmm. you shut the key off and the starter would keep turning even though the car's running yeah it's so, in the position right and the only thing you can do to stop that you have to be very careful but you've got to disconnect the battery cables to shut it down there's no way you can which is what the customer did right yeah that was that was a pretty nasty i've seen that before though you yeah. know these are com- mechanical components in there and you think of you know between 550 to 750 cranking amps. I mean, that's a lot of juice going through these things. Yep. And they can fail. Before they used to be in two parts. You used to have the solenoid and the start of the mechanical part. Now they're all incorporated into one. Yeah, because I remember, I think it was old Fords had a separate separate solenoid that was mounted on the fender well, yeah. Yep. Used to I'm, take the screwdriver, go across it. And when, yep, <laughs> I, I remember. Mind. I remember selling a bunch of those when oh, I used yeah. to, we used to work in auto parts. Yeah, <laughs> that, could, that's not a good practice. It was it was so common. I could just tell. I need to start a solenoid, and I could just go right to the shelf and pull it off because I'd sold so many of them. I didn't even have to go look it up anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes people will hear the starter stay engaged just a little longer than it should. And it'll actually tear up the, the little Bendix has little teeth, little gear on it to turn the flywheel or flex plate. And it'll, it can actually booger up that flywheel or flex plate. So even though you get a new starter, yeah, you got, you got ba- noise. Basically, you got fresh teeth going into kind of worn out teeth and they don't mesh properly. And it's definitely going to make, it'll make kind of a strange noise. It'll turn the engine over, but you're, it's not going to be nice and smooth operating as it did when it was brand new. And that's an expensive fix. 
Yes, it is. Transmission removal is required to get that flex plate or flywheel out of there. So and Transmission removal can go anywhere from 4 hours to, to 12 hours. Yep, just depending on the... Make on and the, model. Yep. And just think of what you could do with 4 to 12 hours labor money. I can think of a lot <laughs> I can of things. See your are wheels turning there, Peter. <laughs> a lot of going. things are popping into my head. Oh, yeah. and, and putting a new flywheel or flex plate on there isn't right. one of them. That's right. No, it's not. Just think of that vacation money going out the door and then the, yeah. into the tech's pocket. So you know, uh, very very important. And that's the starter. That's the starter's job. Remember, we're gonna go back and the battery. It has the battery is the power plant. To make the starter function properly. That's correct. And we're going to move on now to the alternator. And if you're just joining us, welcome to Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. And this week we're taking an email letter from Bob. He resides in Georgia. And he wants to know if he needs a battery or a starter. He's kind of undecided. And he sounds like he really doesn't trust the tech he's working with. But we're going to be talking about Bob's letter, and I have our gadget guru here in studio, Peter. So, Peter, let's get back to the show and talk about alternators. What is an alternator? Well, basically, that's a device that, when the car is running, that supplies all the power to the all your electrical components that we were talking about earlier, the radio, uh, headlights, the interior lights, uh, mm-hmm. It just keeps keeps everything running and supplies power, you know, to the engine components as well. That's right. All the electrical components as well. So it does the alternators from older cars to now. They have the alternators nowadays have to do a lot more work than they used to before. Oh yes, um, before they used to be uh, 60, 70 amps. Yeah. And now they're mm-hmm. 120 amps, 110 amps. And before they used to be, oh, I'd say. A little smaller than a uh, dinner plate, and nowadays they're more the size of a saucer, which you would have a cup and a saucer. They're very compact, they have higher amperage, and with that brings heat. And that's why you see more and more alternators fail these days, because of the heat. Yeah, I remember... There's no air circulation going yeah, through there. I remember having an older car, and we had the car for... Probably 12 years, didn't have to touch the alternator. Yeah. Now, nowadays, with the stress and strain they put on those alternators, or you know, some people are doing them every two to three years sometimes, you know, between the belt tension and all the electrical load they put on there. Well, you know, people want their heated seats. They want their air-conditioned seats. They want their GPS. They want their navigation system. The charger um, for their cell phone. The charger for their cell phone. Oh, they want that sunroof. They want the yeah. power windows, power seats. And the DVD player for the kids to keep the kids occupied. That's right. And you know, this little power plant has to keep up with all this. And oh, by the way, way back when we were talking about when they were like 60, 70 amps, the internal guts, they used to have like ceramic, like your coffee cup. Nowadays, plastic. That's right. Yep. Better living through plastic. And that plastic along with the compact design it just cannot keep up and how many alternators i've opened up and you have seen the voltage regulator inside just melted yep just a lot of heat and it just can't take it anymore nope and you know besides that 
people don't realize on the newer vehicles that they just can't go into a parts store and purchase an alternator thinking it's going to work for their car because some of them nowadays, the voltage regulator actually goes through the computer and it requires a different setup internally in the alternator. And if you get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing at the parts store and they just hand you an alternator because that's what it says to put on there via their computer, their information in their computer, you're going to be in big time trouble. That's right. People want to try and save money and do it themselves and go to the, you know, the discount stores to get an alternator, but usually it comes and bites them in the backside. So That's right. Remember you, we had that... Uh, cheap is not always better. No, we had that one lady who was in and her husband, he uh, replaced the alternator. The alternator was bad and they went over to the discount place or wherever they went for their part. And well, it was about three, four weeks later, she's back and she goes, what's the matter? My car's not running again. I says, oh, you put this cheap alternator on there and that's not what is required for your vehicle. So there you go. And her husband did another one as far as I know. Yeah, we run into that quite a bit and it's just... Not you, worth it. Yeah, you get the cheap stuff and basically, as we are talking before about your time is valuable, there's another asset right there. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, it could have done electrical damage to one of the right. hundreds of components in the car. Yeah. If you're going to have a voltage spike or something along those lines, yeah, exactly. it could definitely damage something, then it's going to cost you more money. You know, another thing people don't realize is the alternator actually recharges the battery. You know, you have that cranky amp when you start the car, well, you have to replenish that, and the alternator does that as well. Yeah. It's got a lot of jobs to do. Yeah. On top of yeah, on top of all your accessories, yeah, it's gotta put the battery back up to snuff too each time you drive the vehicle, so Exactly. And you know, speaking about charging the battery and I really, really wanna emphasize this. Never ever put a trickle charge on a battery attached to a car, especially from nineteen ninety five to present. That is that is a dream for us because we get a lot of work out of it, being technicians, but a nightmare for the car owner, especially with all these complicated electronics on it. Yeah, I hear. Don't. Yeah, don't do I hear it. of people that you know go north and south, you know, half and half during yeah. the season and stuff, and yeah, they tell me or tell us that they put trickle chargers on there, you know, while the car is down here, while they're say while they're up north. Yeah, you can't do it anymore, folks. You know, people don't realize that electricity is almost as fast as the speed of light. And if you have a little spike that comes through the electrical outlet, you're not going to see it. You'll never but know the it. The car's going to know it. Yep. And then us as technicians are going to know it after we see the damage that it created. So please put those trickle chargers away. If you have to do something like that, Remove the battery from the vehicle and then recharge, but never leave it on a charger anymore. No, don't don't leave it connected to the vehicle. Definitely not. No. You know another thing. Talking about that, electrical draws. I'm going to give you a story. We had a uh, customer come in. Uh, she's got kids. They have a custom van, and to make a long story short, they left something on because they went to get in the car the next day the car was dead 
They brought it over to the shop, we recharged the battery, and we picked up an electrical draw. Now each car has its own electrical draw, of course, because your computers are on and off all the time, and there's certain things that are monitoring the vehicle, but there is a threshold, and when it goes over the threshold, you need to start looking for something on. And in her case, what the kids did is they jammed a bunch of CDs in the glove box. The glove box light was on all night. That'll definitely hold battery. Definitely. Definitely will do that. You have another example, too, is that we had a customer who went over uh, on the East Coast. And they went on a cruise for a couple of weeks, came back, and their car was dead. They had their car jump started, brought it over to the shop. And needless to say, we couldn't find anything wrong with it. And then we looked, and you could see their phone charger was in the accessory outlet inside their car. And we asked them, he says, well, how long was this? You know, was this like this when you guys went away? Oh, yeah, it's in there like that all the time. Well, you can't leave phone chargers plugged into the cars. There's an electrical draw on it. And people don't realize. It's like you hear on TV about unplugging other appliances while not in use because there's a trickle charge. There's electricity going through there and you're wasting electricity. Right. Well, same thing for your car. You have something plugged in, even though you don't have anything attached to it, it's still drawing. So please, please, please don't leave anything plugged in your cigarette lighter, especially car phone chargers really bad yep and make sure that glove box is cleaned out so you can shut it properly so, <laughs> yes. the, so the light will go off yes definitely you know that's that's very important people don't realize that you know all these little things that will drain their battery down you know gosh the things that we've seen in the past we've seen the the door ajar you know not closing the door all the way and even though they don't see the light the lights illuminated they go right. in and they wake up and yes. they're getting a towed or jumped by the uh, road service. Yes. Speaking of the glove box story, I just actually had that happen this afternoon. I was looking for a key for a wheel lock for a car mm -hmm. we were working on. And you wouldn't believe all the garbage I had to pull out of there to find this wheel lock key. I fit in the, in the glove box? Oh, besides the owner's manual, which was stuffed with more garbage... There was rags, there was sunglasses, there were CDs in there. I don't know, this guy must be Hulk Hogan or something to be able to get that door shut because I had a heck of a time trying to get that thing back lined up and shut again. Wow. But I found, you know, after going on a treasure hunt, basically. <laughs> well, you know, he's lucky that you had to go on that treasure hunt because then you got to inform him what's going on. Yeah. It's got too much junk in there, so keep your glove box clean. If you got to put extra stuff in there, maybe put a little box in the trunk mm -hmm. and set it off to the side. It you know because that's just not gonna work. Yeah, it's just a problem waiting to happen. One time it won't shut properly, and then you're gonna be stuck somewhere. You know, one more thing that I'm gonna talk about: leaving things left on in the cars, and then we'll go on. This is very important, and I was kind of I knew, but I was kind of surprised that. I was acknowledged that this information was correct. When you get a cell phone, when you purchase a cell phone, 
People like to charge them in the car for whatever reason. And people complain that they don't get as long of a charge off their cell phone and or that their battery dies prematurely. If you do not use a car charger for your cell phone, your phone battery life will increase tremendously along with how long the charge is in the phone itself because of the alternator trying to keep up with everything else it is not giving you a constant charge in that charger no matter what they say it's an accessory it's an auxiliary port that makes sense so you know if you can charge it at home charge it overnight but leave the charger out of your car not only is it going to help your cell phone it's going to help your vehicle and your battery as well right because some people you know with the cell phones the technology today everybody's you know so so absorbed in their phones their in their lives and nowadays and they just plain forget and they oh, might yeah. leave it overnight and then you might have a dead battery in the morning so basically it, in a nutshell just charge it at home and charge it leave, at home. leave the car charger out of the equation then you won't have to worry about it and that's the other reason too is why i'm emphasizing not to leave anything plugged in because you know at this moment your car is sitting in a driveway or in a parking lot somewhere or you could be driving it but if it's sitting people don't realize that even though the car is off and you have the key the car is actually on the programmable command module is in a sleep mode, but it's still on it. It's keeping sensors and actuators, their memory alive, their specifications alive, that, that data, it's keeping it alive. Another thing, too, is that the security system, that's on. It's not sleeping, it's on. And what happens is, like, you go to activate your key fob to get in the car or you hit the door handle and automatically the security system kicks on and says up oh, i think somebody's trying to get in the car and then it talks to the body control module says hey wake up somebody's trying to get in the car and then they think about it and they see they look for that code and that's of course off the key fob your little push button remote they call them key fobs or your key itself, and it's going to pick up that RF signal in the key. You know, you have a little chip in everybody's key, and it's trying to pick up that signal. And if it does, it says, oh, it's okay. And it starts waking all the rest of the computers and subcomputers up. And everybody thinks, so. Oh, there's maybe one or two. No, there's dozens of them now. Dozens of them. They're all spiderwebbed into the vehicle. That's right. They're all interrelated one way or the other but it's it's like roll call in the military once you put that key in it's like oh yeah wake up time it sure is yeah and everybody's got to fire up and get rolling so you can get your car started and get it get on your way with your heated seats or your air-conditioned seats <laughs> i love the air-conditioned seats i got heated seats all i gotta do is leave the car out in the sun for a couple hours i got perfectly heated seats <laughs> for the wrong time of year <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I got air conditioning too. It's unfortunate. It's winter, yeah, it's winter time, but <laughs> get air conditioning. It's just about six months late. But yeah, so it's extremely important to have your vehicle properly charged and not to have your vehicle jump started off of another car. 
Absolutely please. not. No. Please, please, jump please. Or, as we talked about in previous show, get that portable jump box if you've got to jump start your car. Don't let anybody use jumper cables no. and off another car. Never, ever, 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 ever. ever. Did I say never? I think you said never. Okay. Ever. Never, ever. Right. I think they got it. You think okay. they got it? I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of air conditioning, actually next week we're going to talk about the vehicle's heating and air conditioning system and how it works, basically, and how it functions and how you can help yourself help your AC system and your heating system. And Peter, you're going to be back with us next week? Sounds like a good plan to me. Good deal. Well, you know, I don't know where the time's gone, and I say that every week, but I don't know. It goes so quickly. But we'd like to thank our sponsors, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, it is cheaper to purchase an engine or a transmission than to purchase a whole newer, newer used vehicle nowadays. The prices are outrageous, and I know a lot of you guys out there have noticed that. So uh, take that alternative and purchase a Jasper engine or a transmission. Remember, it has a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and it is transferable. So in a year or two, if you are in a position you can purchase another car, that will go to the next owner of your old jalopy. Of course, Continental Tires, if you're in need of new sneakers, ask for Continental Tires by name. I have them on my car, my mom's car. Actually, you know, I just purchased another set for my vehicle. Down in Florida, which is amazing, I got uh, almost 55,000 miles out of them and perfect wear, of course. I always pay attention to my alignment. I was just pleased as punch. The only reason why I got rid of them is because I know our rainy season's coming up pretty soon. And they were down to about 3 to 4, 30 seconds, and it was getting a little bit close. So I swapped them out, and I have another set of Continental General Tires in my car. And my mom has a set, and remember, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy, and she loves her Continental Tires. And last but not least, AC Delco Parts. I've even put AC Delco parts, spark plugs, and my great-grandfather's 69 Plymouth. He's the one who taught me to put the AC Delco spark plugs in that car. And you know, I've experimented through the years saying, oh, maybe there's something better. Mm-mm. Always go back to AC Delco spark plugs. Good product. Uh, good product. And you know, so are the remaining line of products of AC Delco. And that's why I put them in my customers' cars. It's reliable. I always know that... Uh, I'm putting a quality part in their car, and I don't have to worry. So ask for AC Delco parts by name. And I hope you've enjoyed this week's show regarding how your electrical system is and our question from Bob. Bob, I hope we helped you out. And Bob, I hope, along with everybody else, that you too now are a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on her website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.